Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. All right. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining me here for another episode of Elisa Unfiltered. Now, I'm grateful that you've chosen my show to fill your pretty little ears with some positive vibes for learning, growing, laughing, maybe. (laughs) Uh, You never know what the heck's going to happen here once we go live. For me, today it is Wednesday, November the 25th. It is a great day to be alive, if I can say so myself. But yeah, lots happening in the world of Elisa Curry-Lowitz, or should I say a lot happening in the brain of Elisa Curry-Lowitz these days. Okay, wait, it's kind of both. Um, My insides and my outsides have been shifty and changey and new, different, exciting, scary Christmas. (laughs) Christmas is coming. (laughs) And I'm literally spending a lot of my time getting sucked into all of these weird Black Friday ads that I've been getting served. Like seriously, one minute, I literally was almost buying Michael this like digital print of both of his cats as medieval times costumes. (laughs) The next minute, I was getting sucked down the rabbit hole of like anti-aging and anti-wrinkle and that literally cost a million dollars, but they're guaranteed to work. (sighs) God help me. Speaking of Black Friday ads, spoiler alert, on Friday, I'm officially giving out a coupon code for the big shift, transform, redesign, and master your body and mind. So this is my six-week online coaching program. So if you're thinking about getting this or purchasing it for the new year, I I will be giving out a code on Friday. I am never, I will never discount this program again, ever. So if you're not on my email list, get on it and get the code. Also, one last little piece of housekeeping before we get into today's episode is my next level up session is next Wednesday, December the 2nd. It's at 5 p.m. Eastern, I think. And this is a free webinar that I would love for you to join me. And the topic is awesome. It's called Level Up the End of 2020. So we're going to... We're going to finish this year on a positive and bright note and set ourselves up for whatever 2021 brings our way. It's going to be good. So I will link that registration in the show notes. How's that sound? Good? Good. Okay. Sorry for that weird little tangent there. (laughs) Ha ha, I'm back. But that's like actually what's happening in my brain right now. That is my world right now. Ads. Buy this. You need that. My attention is like being pulled in so many directions. And however, I'm also allowing myself to be pulled. Get it? You know what I mean? And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to have this little solo Elisa episode this week. It's been a while since I've been here all by myself. I think it's been like two months or so. Um... And the last time I came on here solo was actually an amazing show. It was called Permission to Feel, I think, was the episode. If you haven't listened to it, it's 
it's, it's really good. And I feel like the same message almost applies today. However, I want to get into, I don't know, some maybe deeper, nittier, grittier things for this show because there has been some nittier, grittier things, like sticky shit that's happened to me. And I, I get the sense that I'm not alone in this. So let's get into it. And honestly, this podcast today is almost entirely inspired uh, by a social media post that I saw. <laughs> okay, like actually, I had some ideas of what I wanted to talk about today, um, but I don't know. I saw this IG post that was hilarious and I think it's really relevant for what's happening in the world or at least in my little world of like health and wellness and fitness and whatever. Um, So I wanted to share it and I don't even remember the person who posted it or maybe it was a repost. But this, like, you know how you get so influenced by Instagram posts or tweets or whatever and you're just like, I I think in my last show, um, my guest was saying like Instagram or, or Twitter can ruin your day, like right in the morning, which is so, so true. This one didn't ruin my day. It really got my juices flowing and got me thinking. So I want to share. Uh, the post was that there was like a title to the tweet and it was, why do I feel shitty all the time? Starter pack. The why do I feel shitty all the time starter pack, okay? Oh my God, it's so good. And then they listed the reasons why I feel shitty all the time, okay? So it was ultra processed foods, zero exercise, sitting all day, poor posture, too much alcohol, too much caffeine, sun and nature deprived, crappy sleep, social media. I was like dying. Um, And then he said something like, it's not that complicated right? So two things happened when I read that post and, and they might not be what you think. So, or maybe you did the exact same thing as me. I don't know. The first is that I was like, yeah, I sort of do feel shitty, which I'm going to get into in a sec. And then I went through the list of like, as I was reading that list, I was like, nope, nope, nope. I don't do that. I don't drink alcohol. I sleep nine hours per night. (laughs) That's truth. <laughs> um, I'm outside all the time. And then I sat there and I actually like laughed out loud. So this is going to be an extra long explanation and essentially the body of the show today, because I think this is a really important thing for everyone to hear. And I think I'm going to talk about this stuff until I actually die. But I laughed because I have been living my life in such a way over the last four five, six years where I have really, really paid attention and taken responsibility uh, for what I am choosing to participate in. I'm gonna use those words. What I'm choosing to participate in. There was once a time in my life, for example, that I would have said yes to every single thing on that list, like the processed foods, the lack of sleep, the booze, the caffeine, like 100%. I have some caffeine right here, I need to take a sip. Mm. so good excuse me so um so yeah I would have said yes to every single thing on that list uh there was also a time in my life excuse me where I would have gone on a few motivational benders is what I like to call them so these motivational benders of like changing all of the things at the same time 
you know, the diet, the exercise and like getting really motivated and getting out there and just doing all the things. But then, you know, and then you feel really, really good. You tell everyone how happy you are and you're living your best life. But then because I never changed or worked on the why I do those things in the first place, I would eventually fall back into old routines. And the next thing you know, I would feel like shit all the time again and not know why. Anyone else with me on that? We get caught up in these health kicks, feel all good and motivated. And then you sort of cheat here slack off there. And the next thing you know, you're back in the same place you started. And sometimes it's even worse, actually. And excuse me, side note, the words cheat or cheat day or slack off are diet culture words. And they're designed to make you feel like you're a failure in the world, uh, in the world of diet culture. So I don't usually use those words anymore. But yes, this flux, this wave, this up and down of your so-called health is a huge part of diet culture. Okay, now back to the show, of course, then the victim hat gets put on and, you know, I feel sorry for myself. (laughs) I bask in the why me, etc. So what has changed and why are things now different in my life? Well, this is the golden ticket. This is question is the golden ticket. This is the fundamental basis of what I teach actually in the big shift, by the way. And there are also so many layers to our well-being. It's not black and white. And if anyone tells you that it is, they are probably just trying to sell you something. Honestly, there is no magic pill. There is no silver bullet. However, there are strategies Okay. (laughs) So for me, this is no secret. I mean, I literally talk about this stuff all the time. I began to pay attention to who I spend my time with, what I eat, how, how it makes me feel, how food actually makes me feel, how much alcohol I'm drinking and how it makes me feel. Caffeine's the same. How much time I spend outside, how much time I spend on and off social media, how addicted to it I am to my phone. In fact, recently I've done this thing where I'm charging my phone at night in my office. So I do not have my phone beside the bed. I do not bring the phone into the bedroom. Is that helping me? Yeah. I like, I love it. It's going so, so well. But I also have been really paying attention to how much I work out, how my workouts make me feel. All right. This is during the workout and afterwards, like the before, during, and after. It's all part of the process. Also, I pay attention to how much I sleep and even as far as ways to help me sleep better that are actually my responsibility. Because for example, my schedule is a big reason. Like I make sure that my schedule is in order so that I can sleep better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or I can sleep longer. Uh, the lighting in the house, uh, late night screen time I just talked about, I've been developing and doing new things for that. I bought this weighted blanket last year. I think I shared it on Instagram and like a million people went and bought weighted blankets and they're the fucking best things ever because the weight actually stimulates being held. Yes, like when you're swaddled like a baby. And it stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. It helps you fall into a deeper sleep. Um, So it actually 
feels like you're being held all night long while you sleep. Like you, you are swaddled like a little baby. It's amazing. I strongly recommend these things. Anyways, also my bed's coziness factor. I even like, I'm kind of a psycho. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe I'm not. (laughs) We all have our things. I even clean the kitchen and set the coffee for the next morning because I know this about myself. All right. I I set it up every single night because I know that that one little thing will weigh on me. So it's super weird, but I know this about me. So why would I let it slip and then lay in bed and think about it instead of just doing it? I don't know. Why do we do that? My sleep is so important. I know this. So I spend a lot of time consciously preparing myself for sleep, which is great. And yes, all of this stuff I just listed off can be very overwhelming to think about all at once. And that is where strategy comes into play. So with the sleep example, for example, as you can see, I not only pay attention, but over time, and I'm talking like years, I have created this sort of ritual practice or like healthy habits that 100% affect my life in amazing ways. And yet I still feel shitty sometimes. Is anyone else curious about that? I mean, let me explain. But first, I want you to think about your life right now. Maybe even use that funny little checklist, if you didn't, while we read through them, and do a little check-in, okay? Like, let's actually check in here. Even if you don't feel shitty all the time, there will be a point where you are having a bad day. Or if, And if you're the type of person who says that they're happy all the time and always feel amazing... Oh man, that's a subject and a topic for another show, but this is your call to action to get in touch with yourself, like really in touch with yourself and to not deny all that you are for the sake of perceived happiness. Okay. So actually I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a few questions that you're going to answer here right now as you're listening. Okay. Or right now we're doing a live on Instagram. So if you're watching live on Instagram, Let's listen or pay attention to these questions, okay? So number one, how do you feel in your body in this moment? I want you to actually close your eyes. Let's take away the the sense, like some of the the visual sensation. Um, Only if that's possible for you. Like, I mean, if you're driving right now, please do not close your eyes. (laughs) Use some common sense. And anyone listening, hearing my voice, check into your body. How does it feel? How do your clothes sit on you? How does the weight of your body feel where you are sitting or standing right now? All right. How does the space behind your eyes feel right now at 8.30 a.m.? What about your hands, your wrists, your arms, your chest? Are you fidgety while you're doing this? Keep checking in. What is your energy level. If your energy was a color, what color would it be and how would it be moving in and around your body? All right. So now that you're in your body a little bit more, a little bit deeper, what is something, one thing that you do every day for yourself and be specific? Does this one thing bring you joy? Does it fill your cup? 
Does it get you out of bed in the morning? And if you didn't do it, would you feel bad or maybe like a failure? This is my last question as we check in with our eyes closed, feeling our bodies. What is one specific thing you could do better in your life? And does thinking about areas where you can improve bring up or pull up feelings of inadequacy or judgment? Whose scale or standards are you using to better yourself? And how would you feel if you never got better at what you want to improve on? What is your attachment to the outcome? We're getting deep here. That's deep. Just whatever comes to mind, feel that. And that's checking in. That is checking in. Now open your eyes. Good job. If you participated in this little exercise, how do you feel now? I mean were there any new emotions or feelings that might have come to the surface maybe calmness or clarity even did things kind of become more clear this is a fantastic exercise to simply observe your body and your awareness it's okay to be okay with what our bodies are telling us all right it's okay to be okay with what our bodies are telling us When we don't check in or we never check in, how on earth are we expected to have skills and even like base level data to lift ourselves off the floor? And the reason I am bringing that up is I am currently coming up off the floor from a bit of a downswing in life. So I love the analogy that we are swinging on the pendulum swing of life. No matter who you are, you will experience highs and you will experience lows depending on your level of awareness, self-love, self-respect, self-help tools, support systems, education, resources, time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The duration of which you stay up or down will vary. Does that make sense? So for example, the last three months for me have been fucking brutal. Sorry to swear, but oh my God, I felt shitty a lot of the time. And yes, pandemic. Yes, social distancing. Yes, stay home. Don't see your friends. Less hugs, less travel, new routines, new places, new jobs, new whatever, all the things. Yes, I am moving. And I'm almost done moving, guys. Uh, My apartment is officially up on December 1st. So like, hello, moving is the worst. How do people move all the time? How do people move with like, you know, four kids? I can't... I can't even imagine even just one kid. This was like a stress I have not felt in my life many times. But honestly, I think it's up there with the worst of them. (laughs) I know we're all different, but for me, it's the worst. So why do I feel shitty? Um, Or should I say, why was I feeling shitty even with all of the amazing routine, exercise, food, and love that's in my life right now? The answer is, I do have an answer, is it's complicated. (laughs) Now, some of you might be thinking that because I'm a mindset coach and I help people literally transform the way they see the world, and my clients have been doing so great, so shout out. But anyways, some people think that because I do what I do and I have been doing it for years, that, that I might be above ever feeling like shit. So here's the thing about that. As a fellow human, all right, I am on the path just like you. And the path is whatever you make it. 
it's wherever you take it, whether you're walking or running or avoiding it, okay? You are on your own path. And if you sit still enough, you can even tap into like the direction of the path and maybe change it or use it to point you towards whatever, like let's use inner fulfillment or contentment or connection to love or whatever it is within you, okay? For me, I am on a path of healing my wound of lack of worth, all right? Which comes in the form of emotional and financial worth, all right? And to heal my relationship with myself, which includes a lot around failure and success and other weird effed up shit that I created in my mind, all right? And I'm, I'm going to get into the fear stuff a little bit later in the episode, but why am I telling you this? Is because fear and feeling like shit and life's journey and destiny and highs and lows happens to everybody. Like I said in the Permission to Feel episode, um, it's really important to feel. Feeling is healing, even when it doesn't feel like it at the time. And of course, nobody likes to feel like shit. Nobody enjoys pain and suffering. I mean, okay, whoa, many of us bask in it, bask in our pain and suffering because it's what we know and we've become comfortable. It's a familiar cycle. It's a familiar thing. And so I guess we, we, what's the word? We, we deal with our pain and suffering and And as we deal with it, we enjoy, there's a sense, like our pain and suffering gives us something. There's a kickback. We enjoy it to some degree. We enjoy maybe the control that it brings. Are you with me on that? Um, Like sometimes it's just easier to stay in our various cycles of abuse. That's, that's a, that's a big, it's a big cycle (laughs) because we know that taking the hit or enduring the torture, or being that figurative doormat is temporary, and it will eventually end or get better, all right? So we've done it before, we can do it again, we're okay until it happens again, and then the cycle continues. So sometimes we don't, I don't like the word enjoy our pain and suffering, but sometimes we're just so comfortable with that cycle, we know how to deal with it, that even the thought of breaking it is like really scary, right? So if you're if you're, if you're like me and you feel down and you're doing all of the things and you are just, and you just feel like shit and you want to try something, this is what I recommend you try to do. So I want you to just feel like shit. I want you to embrace the feeling of shittiness. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really easy for me to say this right now because I, like I said, I'm on the upswing. I'm going up. So life is really good for me right now. I'm in a really, really good place. It's getting better and better every day for me. However, I just went through three months of feeling loads of heaviness or even more than three months, really. Cause I mean, with COVID the highs, like we're like all over the the charts like this is uncharted waters <laughs> so however i i do the work this is the work and yes some days i avoid it and yes some days i call my friends and family to help me and support me and i cry and i i i avoid all right however i i felt and acknowledged the low when i was sitting in the low i felt it and i acknowledged it 
And I was able, this is the, this is the, the, the key. This is one of the keys, one of the keys that will unlock the door. (laughs) I, I was able to parent sitting in my pain, sitting, like feeling like shit and just meditating, sitting, feeling. I was able to parent the little girl in me who was the real reason or contributor to some of those low emotions. And that little girl in me is the is the the person or the version of me or the energy or the vibration that I still hold who needed love and compassion. So in many of my one to five minute meditations, I'm, I'm a a huge fan of like, if you are not a meditator, do that one minute, set your timer on your phone, one minute a day, close your eyes, connect to your breath. So in many ways, my, my meditations and even outside of my meditations have really connected me to that, those places that hurt and have allowed and given my, given me time and space to parent myself. But like, seriously, the world of self-help is literally always telling us how to fix the problem and be a better version of ourselves and show up for ourselves all the time and be happy and good. And another word for this is diet culture. All right. So what I'd like, okay. What I think a lot of people do is just cope with that. We are coping with all of these messages. We are, we aren't actually healing the parts of us that hurts. We're, we're more like coping and doing the band-aid self-help gratitude journals that are expected. Ex- like gratitude journals are great, but then we start them and we're expecting that we're going to just be better all the time because we're, we're doing gratitude journals. Like how many people are turning to diets right now? Like, oh man, this is a big ass can of worms that I'm about to open here. Like the diet culture, I'm not going to go too deep in it, into it, but this is where the human condition gets so manipulated and pulled from our own personal truths, from our own shit. All right. So let me explain. And I want to talk about fear here for a second, because fear does have a lot of Fear holds a positive charge sometimes in our lives. And I want to get a little bit more clear on that because for the most part, we're told that fear is bad and to fear something is weakness or bad. Resistance is fear. And yes, that's true. Resistance is fear. But what I mean is resistance isn't always bad. All right. And that to be afraid means that you're going to be okay what I mean by this is the world leads us to believe that when we are afraid that to be afraid means that we're never going to be the best version of ourselves okay does that make sense I say that that's bullshit and I'm going to explain why so okay fear physically Fear is represented in our lives as like that fight, flight, freeze response, which is also called the stress response. And it's part of our sympathetic and our parasympathetic nervous systems in our bodies that has adapted over billions of years or however long humanity exists. It's adapted for our survival. Okay. Now, mentally and emotionally, fear is one of the two base emotions 
that all emotions stem from. So the other base emotion is, what do you think? You got it. It's love. So we have love and then we have fear. And then all of our emotions stem from there. So fear will feel like resistance. It will feel like pain, suffering, but it also feels like things like jealousy, envy, unworthiness, frustration, lack. Okay. And then love will feel like freedom and happiness and joy and lightheartedness and playfulness, abundance, those types of fulfilling feelings. Okay. I think you get the picture. So fear and love, they work together in sort of like a yin yang combo. Often feared fear is referred to as like dark and love is like light. However, if fear is negative and love is positive, how can fear also be positive? Well, first of all, fear is a tricky AF. Our egos, which are incredibly sensitive and drastic, our egos do not like to connect the word fear to any sort of personal <laughs> attributes, okay? This is because for the most part, we are afraid to be associated with weakness and any sort of like feelings, that feeling that's, that, that to be scared is to be inferior. So the ego does not, the ego does not like or love the feelings of inferiority. All right. So two words, victim hat, that's what happens. Therefore, we typically deny that we feel fear of any kind, right? Or fear-based emotions when confronted with something like, I'm sure many of you listening, tuning in, get that. We don't like to be afraid to even admit out loud that we're scared of something or even acknowledge that what we're actually feeling is a fear or a deep-seated fear. That's a scary thing to just even acknowledge in our body. So we do this internally with our internal dialogue when we're with ourselves alone in our house and we do it externally uh, with our outward dialogue and our expressions uh outwardly, right? So here's the thing about that. We need fear. Fear is totally good. Fear is a mechanism for our survival. Like I said, it is not only a huge part of the ego, but it it's also visceral. It's in our DNA. Fear is felt in our bodies, deep in our knowing, which is absent of thought. Okay. So when we are afraid, our bodies and minds are telling us important things. It's often really hard to understand that in the moment. I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's also important to acknowledge and understand that we are not always responsible for our genetic fear response. I'll get into that. Yes, fear is hard, but fear is also a part of us for a reason. We learned how to survive because of our fears. This is something that we just gloss over in and pretend like it's a flaw or a negative trait but really it's very useful fear is very useful and very beneficial all right it's a very very it's a very beneficial element to our existence all right so i want to clarify one thing when our fear starts to mess with us all right and set hard limits and keeps us small and in stressful situations this is when our fear goes beyond that need for survival. Okay. I'm not going to get into that any deeper or peel any, go any deeper in the layers there, but I just like, yeah, there's the positive and negative fear. I'm going to leave it at that. And I want to try to explain this, I guess, a little bit with a personal story. Okay. I like stories. 
I also like what my own personal fear has taught me and how all of the discomfort and dark, hard, awful moments have strengthened me and have given me skills that I now cherish, all right, and given me personality traits that I now love about myself. And how I've become aware of my childhood survival mechanisms and how I have observed them and now I am redesigning them to fit my adult life. Okay, ready? Here we go. So I grew up in an era that for the most part, my dad was the disciplinary parent. So I I did grow up up to age 13 with my parents. My parents divorced when I was 13. Um, yes, my mom would get mad and lecture us, but at the end she would, we would always feel loved by her. And I know, I would know that everything was going to be okay with my mom. So my dad, on the other hand, would never really let us forget the mistakes we made. Um, nor would he ever hold space for us or hold compassion for us when we messed up. Right. And of course, we messed up all the time. I was a kid. We were kids. We fall out of line. We get back in line. But whose line is it anyway? (laughs) That was a good show. Um, (laughs) As an adult, I can reflect back on this and see that both my parents were doing their best and living according to the skills and the rules that they were taught. All right? So I'm not blaming or pointing figures. This is how it was. And my parents were very different. I was afraid of my dad. I was not afraid of my mom. It's like, it was like the, the mistakes lessons learned versus mistakes. You're never going to learn. Like you're a piece of shit that will never learn sort of mentality. All right. So did I have an awful childhood? No. Looking back, I think I had a a great childhood. A lot of really great things happened. I'm so grateful for what happened as I grew up, but like all families, there were things that happened that left a stain on my beliefs, which inevitably shaped who I am today, whether I liked it or not, whether I was aware of it at the time or not. So growing up, I was always told to be grateful for what I had and that because we had a big house and we had a pool and we went skiing all the time and that I was always told that we were rich and spoiled rotten and that our lives were amazing and yes this is all true or or with the the lens of envy this is true but when you're five years old when you're six seven eight nine ten years old you have absolutely no responsibility for this You are not responsible for what you have or who takes care of you or how you're treated when you're a child, all right? So I'm painting this picture because yes, maybe on the outside I was spoiled, but on the inside I was beginning to bear the weight. This is like the seed, okay? This is the beginning. I was bearing the weight that I didn't deserve to have these things, all right? All of the comments, I didn't even... I can't even tell you how many times people would come over, parents, kids, like, and they would say how spoiled we were. And really, like, come to think of it, um, at the time, like, we would all have hand-me-downs. Like, we, we, my parents have told me that we were house poor because they bought this big house. And, like, yeah, we ate mac and cheese. And, yeah, we had hand-me-downs. And, yeah, all of these things. But 
I was constantly told by everyone how spoiled rotten I was. And I get it. (laughs) However, this is like that subtle conditioning that happened over my entire childhood. And for this reason, I hold compassion for all lives, no matter what they look like on the outside. Because I I know that shit happens that we can never, behind closed doors, that we can never understand. and And we will never understand. The grass is not greener. Okay. The grass is your ego. Heal yourself and your grass will be green too. In addition, my father was a tough person to please. Uh, He set really high standards. And I honestly, I can't remember one instance, like not even one where he said he was proud of me for something, no matter what I did. I was never good enough. Now, if he's listening today and I'm like a hundred percent sure that he did not listen to my show, (laughs) but if he was listening, he might think that this is completely untrue because his interpretation of how he treated me was likely very different. And this is another point I want to bring up, um, or a disclaimer, uh, yeah, that this is my interpretation of my childhood. All right. So we are, we are responsible for what we say, but we are not responsible for what someone else heard. And this is kind of how, um, after doing the work and going back to my childhood, this is where it began for me. So this was my childhood interpretation and it actually stands today as, as my adult interpretation. Um, so naturally over time, I developed this weird fear system that I feel like a lot of people out there actually have, but they don't realize it. So I developed the fear of failure and simultaneously the fear of success. Ooh, where does that leave me? (laughs) If I'm afraid to fail and I'm afraid to succeed at the exact same time. Um, So yeah, I was afraid to fail. I was afraid to disappoint my dad, but I was also afraid to succeed and have this wealth and fame, whatever, because I, I wasn't worthy of the nice house or things, and I'm not worthy to be spoiled or taken care of, right? Now, like I said, my childhood upbringing is the root of my fear of success and failure. This is the root to why I choked so hard qualifying for the Olympic Games, right? That success, I was afraid to qualify and I was also afraid to go to the Olympics. I've never told that. I don't know if I've ever said that out loud, but that was that's part of it. This is how it showed up in my life now. Um, fear of success, failure was also marrying someone who was abusive. You know, I... <laughs> And it's also the root for why I self-sabotage so often. So this is where it gets good because two these two fears controlled my entire life, right? And no, they didn't develop with one singular traumatic event or a series of trauma because acute and chronic trauma, abuse, violence, sexual assault, rape, death, like all of those horrific and undeniably painful things that hu- that humans go through, the traumatic events, they those those also develop very serious and very deep-seated survival skills, all right? And I'm in no way making light of these events. <clears throat> However, I want to bring to your att- like trauma does the same thing as what I'm doing, but very quick. It's very quick and it's, and it's, it's, it's essentially immediate. So, however, this example that I'm discussing right now is to bring your attention to the ways that we're subtly 
conditioned and impacted by fear-based survival skills seated in our youth. All right. So it all, it, all it takes is one little moment to plant that seed and then the constant reinforcement of this is how it is and this is how I avoid the pain for survival that makes that seed grow into like a lifelong bond to that fear. <clears throat> that if, 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 if it's gone unhealed, it has the potential to be passed down, this is where it gets interesting, from generation to generation until the bond is broken or in other words, the fear is realized and then healed, okay? so. Now, this is where I'm going to get a little bit voodoo, voodoo magic here. Now, I know I, I, from my discussions with clients and with people, they really relate to me because I am authentic and easy to understand. This element is a little bit spiritual and a little bit voodoo magic. I'm just going to get all spiritual on y'all because I realize that for many, many people out there don't believe in generational trauma or generational fear or that the psychological effects of trauma can be passed down from one generation to another. If you don't believe this, that's okay. I'm not judging you at all. Like that's, it's, it's totally okay. I, I honestly, I didn't believe it at first either. When I first, when I was working with my spiritual coach for, I don't know, we worked together for like 10 years. We still kind of do. I mean, COVID has put a limit on that for me, but, um, when I first was introduced to this, I was like, huh? What? What's this? (laughs) I did not believe it. Okay. But it wasn't until I was able to let go of some of my conditioning, my conditioned beliefs that I allowed myself to explore this one. However, I don't want to lose anyone here because this is really juicy stuff. This is the reality, the realness that a patriarchal society does not teach you in any way, shape or form. Trauma bonds can and 100% do run deep in our lineage. Trauma can also be a very difficult thing to heal. Trauma of any level really. However, the more deep and ingrained it becomes in our family system, for example, the harder the chains are to break, right? So there are a lot of studies to prove this theory or idea that trauma can leave a chemical mark on a person's genes. And I'm not making this up. Google it. It's actually very fascinating when you get into it. So in order to explain this a little bit more, I actually want to use an example from a recent post from Dr. Will Cole. Dr. Cole is a leader in functional medicine, consulting people around the world. And for the most part, aside from some diet culture things, he's great. If you follow him on Instagram, Dr. Will Cole, I think is his handle. Um, <clears throat> I really like him outside of those diet culture things. I don't like those. Um, and I'm actually trying to get him on the show because I really want to pick his brain for you. Side note. So stay tuned for that. Maybe early next year. Who knows? Anyways, his post was about generational trauma in a way, and it was a great way to explain it. in in my opinion, so um, this is what the post said. It was like, in order for you to be born, in order for you to be born, you need two parents. You need four grandparents eight great-grandparents, 16 great-great-grandparents, 32 third-great-grandparents, 
64 fourth, and then it keeps going like 128 fifths, 256 great grandparents, and it goes all the way up to 2,090, or excuse me, 2,048 ninth great grandparents. Okay? And then he goes on to explain that for you to be born today from 12, 12 previous generations, you needed a total of 4,094 ancestors over the last 400 years. All right? So think about that for a second. Think about that. How many struggles, how many battles, how many difficulties, how much sadness, how much happiness, how, much, how many love stories, how many expressions of hope for the future did your ancestors have to undergo for you to exist in the world today? Anyways, it was a great post and I thought it was relevant for today's discussion. So let's go back to that original post that I mentioned earlier today. The one that I was like scrolling this morning being like, what the hell? This is amazing. Why do I feel shitty all the time? Starter pack. Okay. So whether you eat ultra processed foods or you eat whole foods all day, whether you have zero exercise or you re- you regularly exercise, whether you sit all day or move around all day, whether you have poor posture or you sit or stand up straight, like my posture right now, for anyone seeing on Instagram, you can see it's like, I don't know, maybe it's not that bad. Um, too much alcohol to don't abuse alcohol whatsoever. If you have too much caffeine or you drink herbal teas or organic teas or whatever, your son nature deprived or you spend all day outside, whether you have crappy sleep or you sleep eight hours a night like myself, whether you follow really crappy people on social media or you have a really healthy social media relationship, guess what? You can still feel shitty. (laughs) And this is because of one of the elements is because of that traumatic, that traumatic vibration within your DNA. You can still feel off or get triggered with weird things can trigger these vibrations. Um, of, or you can feel unwell or tired or sad for no reason. And I didn't even talk about hormones. Like sheesh, right? Hormones. Frig! <laughs> Frig those hormones! <laughs> All the women out there, men too, you get, you have hormones. <laughs> Is it hot in here? So I just want you to keep that in mind as you move through the pendulum swing of life. That was a lot of stuff. That was a lot of stuff. And I think there's some really interesting nuggets in the last 45 minutes. How, what is our time? 47 minutes. There's a lot of interesting nuggets for you to sit with and feel. And I hope that really helped to, um, explain some of those unexplained feelings and just know that if you are feeling down or shitty um I don't like when people say it's okay it's okay when you feel down and shitty I I I want us just sort of switch the perspective there on that when you feel down and shitty pay attention cue yourself be like oh and then you know yeah it is okay to feel like that compared to what compared to who right but in yourself, you don't want to feel that way. So sit with it, feel it, hold yourself. When you're feeling down, hold yourself just like this. People watching me on the video, just give yourself a big hug. My arms are wrapped around myself right now. 
<clears throat> and like trust in the pendulum swing of life. You will come back up. You will see the light. Pain is temporary. Things will get better. Okay. They always do. You know this. You deep down know this. And the more you pay attention and become aware in your life, the more tools and skills you will develop to heal. Heal's the key. It's not cope. It's heal and swing yourself up maybe quicker. Or maybe you won't even sink as deep, deeply on your next downswing. Okay, get it? I'm still holding myself. Like it's not a one second thing. This is like a a two minute thing. (laughs) Wrap your arms around yourself for two minutes, okay? So before I sign off here, a quick reminder, sign up for my next free level up, the end of 2020 session that's coming up December 2nd. All right, and if you're interested in working with me in 2021, Black Friday, it's going to be big. All right? (sighs) All right, and also take a deep freaking breath. So that's all for me today. I want to thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Elisa Unfiltered. If you haven't done so yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a written review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at at Elisa Curry Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.